listening to the Fresh Out the Northwest Podcast. This, this is DJ Peg. Let's go. 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 What's up, everybody? This is DJ Peg, and this is episode 56 of the Fresh Out the Northwest Podcast. And today, man, we got a DJ originally from New York, uh, but he calls Seattle his home now. Uh, we promoted some big concerts in Seattle. EPMD, DOS Effects, just to name a few, not including the local artists that we've done. That's just, you know, big artists. We've done a ton of local shows. We've put on a lot of Seattle artists, Portland artists, so forth and so on. Um, when it comes to street marketing, he is definitely one of the best. Um, I've been with him. We've put up posters and stickers and all that, flyers, like, you know, the ground roots of promoting. And, uh, he, he could produce beats, too. Like, he does everything, and he's a good friend of mine. So without further ado, let me introduce to you DJ Sleepy. What's good with you, bro? Oh, man. Thank you so much for that grave, uh, excellent introduction. And, Peg, you are 110% correct with we have put on for Seattle uh, A-list artists, B-list artists, you know, uh, in the back backbone for this hip hop shit. Uh, oh, can I curse? Yeah, man, curse. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it might be PG. Uh, yeah, but this hip hop scene out here, I've been out here since like 05. Um, so we've definitely put on through a lot of the up and coming artists and watched a lot of people uh, grow uh within their music uh career so I, I i do appreciate all the love and respect that i get out here in seattle but yeah i'm a native new yorker man don't get it twisted i, already I am from brooklyn yeah i already know you know it's crazy <laughs> two things before we get started two things one your 50th birthday party was off the chain bro thank you brother yeah thank you i had to put the bat the bat signal on the ceiling of uh of the Halo Bar, just to let people know, you know, we still out here. So if you need me, reach out. Right. You know? Definitely. And then the second thing, back to the street marketing. Like, people don't really know, man. That's a that's not easy. I think everybody's kind of relying on digital right now. But back to the PMD concert, I remember we went up and we put up posters. Now, this is crazy. This is something I didn't know. So me and you, we're putting up posters. We're up all night, bro. Like, I think we put up like 100 posters. We go back right, two days right. later, all the posters are down. I'm like, what the fuck? So I had to buy some more posters. We go put them up. We come back two days later, all the posters are down. I couldn't figure it out. At this time, I didn't spend enough money. We already knew the concert was going to crack, so we move on. So we get to the concert, and all these people in the crowd got our posters. <laughs> I was that's like, where it went. yeah, that's where they went. Because they wanted EPMD to sign them. And the posters right. were so dope, people kept kept them for collector's items. Yeah, we, we even hit the, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. It, to this day, if you go to the Crocodile, that that promotional poster is on their wall. Yeah. You already know. Well, shit, man. Let's get to this first question. Okay. What inspired you to become a DJ? Oh, Wow. So I'm totally going to date myself and say this. But uh, 
as a young youth, I used to come home from school and uh, I would watch Ralph McDaniels, shout out to Video Music Box, and I would watch Ralph McDaniels. But Premier was the one that got me to want to be a DJ. Okay. And the reason why I say this is because I saw on Video Music Box the uh, Mass Appeal video. Okay. I was like, oh, wow, this is dope. And then I found out later on in my hip-hop journey that Premier was a producer, right? Right. And he was making all of those beats. So I was like, yeah, man. And then in 93, uh, my best friend, shout out to my man, Jay Paul A, uh, was the first person to show me how to put the needle on the record, right? Right. Um, but when I was a kid growing up, I was all over, all over Manhattan. Um, shout to the Latin Quarters, shout to the Shark Bar, shout to all these a-list spots, the Cheetah, the Cheetah Lounge, uh, Justin's, Puffy's Joint, you know, uh, Speed, the Tunnel, all these spots I got to, uh, as a young youth, show up and show out and, and get a little burn, right? right. Um, and that that's what it was, man. It was really the fact that Premier, I, I saw Premier and I wanted to become a producer and a DJ. Right. Right. And this cause just cause of mass appeal. And then later on in my career, I had the distinct honor to actually service Premier and Guru at um D D studios while I was working at Def Jam. That was an incredible, incredible experience and kind of embarrassing it all at the same time. Right. <laughs> uh what happened was, is my boss, shout out to Rob Love, uh, shout out to Def Jam, Nicole Moss, he's PA at the time, uh, the whole Def Jam crew, right? Uh, Nicole called, I walked into the office, Nicole called me in and she was like, uh, I got something special that I want you to do. Um, you got to service one of these DJs, but they're down there at D&D Studio. This whole time, this woman did not tell me who I was going to see. So I knock on the door. Peg, I'm gonna tell you, I, I literally had about five or six vinyl boxes full of Def Jam records. And who opens the door to DD Studios? Who, bro? Is Primo and Guru. Wow. And my jaw dropped. And I dropped all the records. <laughs> oh. Oh, yes. I dropped all the records. But I picked them up and they got them and everything was everything. A couple of years, uh, as I digress some more, a couple of years later, I see Premier and he's out here. Um, I think it I think it was either at Nemo Numos or or uh the showbox, and I see him again, and I was actually doing security. And I got the chance to chop it with him. And he was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Um, I used to be Frank Jigger, rest in peace. I used to be his public, uh, his PA. 
uh, public assistant or personal assistant. And I was his his PA for a while. And that, you know, if you know anything about hip hop, Frank Jiggly is literally the celebrity's top choice uh, MC. And from the likes of DJ Hollywood to Cool Kirk to Grandmaster Kind and all the rest of that, Jam Master J, Run DMC, that's who I was working for. Okay. So, yeah, all of that, it all ties in, man. When Premier remembered me and he was like, oh, you the kid that dropped all the records. <laughs> Well, hey, at least you did something unforgettable, right? <laughs> right. Hey, now, right. look, listen, if you'd have just gave him the records, he would have forgot about you. Right. But, <laughs> I, I def- but then, I, I mean, I got to kick it with them. You know what I'm saying? They invited me into the studio, and I got to kick it with them. So it was a, it was a pleasure. Say that. It was then. a pleasure. Yep. Well, hey, bro, man, we're going to move on to this next question. What artist did you grow up listening to? Uh... I've always loved hip hop. Right. Um, and that started from the Cold Crush Brothers and the Sugar Hill Gang. Um, but Run DMC was one of my favorite uh, hip hop groups. And okay. I always wanted to be like LL Cool J. I ain't even going for it. Okay. James, James Todd Smith. I always wanted to be here. Mama said, knock you out. You know, literally Def Jan's goat. Um, I that that was it. You know, um, I always felt Big Daddy Kane, Rock Kim. Um, you know, but a lot of people sleep on him. Uh, Coogee rap, right? You know, I, yeah, Coogee rap is nasty, bro. <laughs> you know, but people sleep on him, right? Yeah. Like people don't think he got bars. Well, Coogee Rap got something for you. Coogee Rap and Polo. Come on. Um, but you know, real hip-hop heads know about Coogee Rap. You know what I mean? Right. You know, uh, my godbrothers got signed with uh, MC Hammer's label uh, back in the day, right? So shout out to Hammer. Uh, Stan, I still love you, and I, I, I still listen to your music every now and then, you know? So those those were pretty much my influences, uh, Public Enemy, another major influence, right? Right. Um, X Clan, you know, K Solo, the man, come on, Red Man and Method Man, Wu Tang, you know, it just it goes on and on and on. Right. Um, I definitely had the space and opportunity to grow up in New York. Uh, and when I say New York, I'm literally talking about the five boroughs. I'm not talking about uh. Buffalo or anything like that. I'm talking about Manhattan. I'm talking about uh, Harlem is still not a, a borough, but, you know, New York City. Uh, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, you know, I, I've been all around. That's my stopping ground. And really, when I was coming up, you know, breakdancing was doing its thing and be, you know, starting to get out there, right? So I always, you know, I could dance. Right. Um, not a lot of people know that, but uh, you know, I I I could still do my thing in my old age. <laughs> you better watch it. You better stay to the two step for you end up hurting your hip, nigga. You know what I mean? <laughs> I ain't trying to break my hip or hurt, or hurt myself. Hey man, when you get over forty five, you better you, you, one, two, you one, two, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play, nigga. <laughs> And two step will go a long, long 
way. Man, I've been two-stepping for 10 years, and I'm still fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, hey, bro, let's move, let's move on to the next question, bro. Okay. Um, how do you feel about the Northwest hip-hop scene? Ha! I'm glad you asked that question. Uh-oh. Um, I'm being very serious when I say this. Okay. There are a lot, a lot of talented people that live in the Pacific Northwest uh, that are artists, that are rappers, that are producers, singers. Um... And I feel like if there was more unity within our community, uh, the Pacific Northwest would go a lot further and you wouldn't think about uh, Mix-a-Lot and and Macklemore. That wouldn't be the backbone of Seattle record, right? Because there are other artists that are out here that uh, are super talented. I mean, I've... I've been a part of shows and seen young, young kids, uh, even to this year, 23, out here rhyming and needing record deals, right? But there's a crab in the barrel type of mentality out here in Se- pardon me, out here in Seattle where people can't seem to each one teach one and have that old school vibe of one hand washes the other two hands wash the face because there's a lot of jealousy. So if people see you doing something, they're going to want to turn around and, you know, stab you up in the back a couple of times and tell people not, not to fuck with you because of X, Y, Z and all the rest of that. Right. Right. Uh, And to me, that's a lot of foolishness. And the reason why I say that is this is coming from uh, a real standpoint. Where I went to, where, where I graduated college from, I went to ECSU is where I finished up my college journey. Um, and I had the opportunity to go into Black Russian Studios in Virginia Beach, where, uh, rest in peace Magoo, but Timberland, Magoo, Missy Elliott, um, genuine all of them met at this studio and literally had a conversation chad and for real um that whole va vibe right all met at this studio and they all came together and said hey listen if one of us gets on we'll do feature tracks with you guys and that's how that vibe blew up right hip hop history. And I feel like if more people uh, not only collaborated, but would uplift each other and and bring forth that positive energy, this hip hop scene would be just as good as the East Coast, just as good as California, right? Because um, people think about the West Coast, they automatically think of LA. Compton, right. you know, I'm I'm doing work with, with uh, an artist uh, from Compton, and he's a he's phenomenal. Shout to Lord Rocca and Salam Nation, they are dope, right? But right. 
there's other places. There are other sounds. Like when when people think of J. Cole, they don't think that that fool is from Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? So there, there are other sounds that are out there. North Carolina's got a great vibe. Shout to Petey Pablo. You know, I promoted some of his albums, right? But they're all Slim Calhoun. There, there are a lot of people that are out there that don't know, but they claim they know, but they don't know, right? right? And the ill thing about it is that there are a lot of powerful people and a par- powerful talent that's out here. Man, shout to Vitamin D. <laughs> you know, right. uh, shout to RC, all these artists that are that are actually out here in hip hop pioneers and have done a lot of amazing stuff and made careers out of it. Right. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, I feel like if the black community and these and these artists these black and brown artists, if we all stuck together and actually had a conglomerate meeting like that um, and followed the blueprint and lead of some of these artists, uh, these old school artists, like shout to my big brothers, uh, Buster Rhymes and Split Star. I can't wait to see them live in concert September 7th. Shameless plug. But I'm going <laughs> to tell you something about Buster. All right. And he just got that BET Lifetime Achievement Award. Award. A lot of people slept on Buster Rhymes till Sylvia Rohn gave him that deal at Electra. Um, and the wild thing about Buster was he got kicked out of leader of leaders of the new school, right? Right. And people people don't know that that whole native tongue vibe. Yeah, Buster was. All that was all that vibe, the tribe called quest, everything, the, the first scenario. Right. Right. Um, this this is hip hop history. And you know, if if a lot of people followed Buster's blueprint, they would be a lot farther in the game. Because you when you think of Buster Rhymes, you automatically think of Split Star and my man and my big brother Scratchator. You know what I'm saying? The three of them on stage are stage killers, right? Right. They have graced the stage around this world and have been able to do phenomenal things. Shout the Paper Rock Records, Split Star, Mr. Lewis. You know these. It's crazy to me when ever you would go back and look at Yo! MTV Raps and listen to Busta Rhymes interviews, he's always saying flip mode. Everything was flip mode, and then it switched to conglomerate. Right. Right? And you got to respect people's conglomerate, whether it be the Raw Diggers, whether it be, uh, you know, Split Star, whether it be Busta Rhymes. If you're, if you're part of that clique and that group, whether you're label mates or not, or you're from a, a certain area, if you if we stick together, we will be able to take hip hop farther than country and Western music. Because what a lot of people don't know is that country and Western music makes more money than hip hop. But you, and I want to stop you real quick, bro. You know, because you talk about the blueprint, and I want every artist to hear me when I'm about to say, some of you going to get mad. There's a blueprint on how to do this music thing. If you be famous or not, there's a blueprint. I'm going to tell you what the blueprint is. Put out a single. Let that marinate. Put out another single. 
let that marinate, put out an album. That's been going on since Motown. You put out a right. single, you put out another single, then you put out an album. Why do you put out two singles first? So you can build a fan base. Because if you don't have a fan base, do not waste your money on doing an album. Exactly. Right? There's only there's only two people that could put out an album and not be an artist with no fan base, and that's producers and DJs. Right? Like, yeah. you know, like let's say Funkmaster Flex puts out an album. Well, you know who Funkmaster Flex is. If when Dr. Dre that's put right. out The Chronic, you already knew who Dr. Dre is. By the way, still put out two singles before he put out The Chronic. I'm just saying there's a method to the madness. You know what I mean? Right. And there's and that that goes for beat makers such as myself. Everybody has a formula. I learned that from RC. Right. All right. Uh there there's a there's a formula to making music. You know, and if you're a producer, you know, my management, shout to Shadow Co., uh, they constantly tell me where it's you need to be around like-minded individuals. DJs, producers who think like you in order for you to get better at your craft. You might be a beat maker and you might think that your shit slaps, but if you don't put it out there and allow other people to hear it, or if you don't run it by another producer where he can hear it, you know, four years are better than two. Right. Right? Because I might hear something and think that is dope, but you could be like, it'll sound better if you had a if you had a hi hat over here, or um, add some snares over here, add some more bass over here, whatever, right? right. Um, and like you said, shout out to Quincy Jones. A lot of people need to, to to listen and see what it is. This is another reason why um, I can't wait to see Buster Rhymes, because in an interview, Buster said this. He asked Quincy Jones what was his best album. And Quincy Jones said his best album was a Thriller album. And I didn't make that until I was 50. That is positive motivation for everyone. Right. That's real shit. And you know what, bro? I hate to cut you off, but this is a perfect time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We're going to take a quick commercial, and I'm going to come right back with my man Sleepy on the Fresh Out the Northwest podcast. Yellow. Hey, yo, this is DJ Peg. And if you want to hear some dope music, make sure you check out my Hella Fresh mixes at DJPeg206.net. All right, man, we right back with my man Sleepy. Bro, I'm sorry I cut you off, man. I don't I don't want you to be mad at no, me. No, you're not. I'm not. You did it. You're right. <laughs> you're I'm, not sorry. I'm really not sorry. <laughs> I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> All right, man. Let's let's get to this next question. This is a good one, man, because I really want to hear where you go with this one. What advice would you give a DJ starting out? Oh wow. Learn. It, it's different. It's different now than uh from what it was when we started, right? Right. Because you didn't really know BPMs, right? The, the game went digital. We were dealing with 12-inch vinyl, okay? Um, we were dealing with singles. We had to be able to make sure in our head, if you're musically inclined, is this going to go with that? When people, when Cat started blending, um, is this going to match with that? 
right? That's that's where you get beat matching. So that's you where get you flow get beat juggling and flow. Um, so with all that being said, know your music, and it's your music selection and choice that makes you or breaks you. I'm a I'm gonna give you the same words that I got from uh, legendary uh, this bum. His name is Cool uh, DJ Red Alert. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Uncle Red. But I I asked him that same question, and he was like, "Know know your next track for have four tracks in mind before you play one." Right. So know where you're going to go with it. If you're going to start with a Jay-Z album, um, go in line with it. Be able to read your crowd. If you see people not dancing, make sure you draw them to the dance floor because that's what makes or breaks you, right? Anybody can be a DJ, and it's, you know, it's crazy now um, that my my nieces and nephews are getting older and in college that they're not DJs. When kids go to parties, all they do is plug in their phone and play a Spotify list. That's nice. Nobody's doing that anymore. And to me, it baffles me because being a turntablist was an honor. Right. Right. Being able to say that I've carried crates for Funkmaster Flex, Premier, Red Alert, you know, um, all these cats, Goldfinger, DJ Wayne, Ski Man, it just goes on and on and on, right? DJ Hollywood, I'm just talking about icons in the game, Grandmaster Cats, where you're able to be like, man, you know, um, this is what it is, but know your records, know your records, um, and know where you're going with it, but read your crowd. Reading your crowd is the most difficult part. Draw people to your dance floor. And the way how you do that is have a wide variety of music that you that you're you're playing, right? Right. Um a couple of years ago when I was on the radio, I did I did a couple of uh segments called the generation gap. And what that was was the actual sample and then the hip hop version. Right. Right. Um, so know where your music comes from, right? but you don't want to get caught up with sampling, right? Because right? that could be very detrimental and costly to you in the long run because everybody is out here trying to make money and understand that the music industry is still a business, right? And people got to be able to feed themselves, pay their mortgage, pay their rent, feed their kids, put their kids in college and everything else. So value people's time as well. I agree. Hey, you know, I'm going I'm to tell you something, bro. And you was there to witness it because you talk about know your crowd. I remember everybody thought I was just one type of DJ, right? And, yeah. And so everybody was like, ah, oh, you know, Peg's a hood DJ. Until I opened up for you PMD and I hit him with that shit. And that's when I got respect. And you witnessed that, right? Right. That's when I, you said, read your crowd, right? Well, yeah. It's a PMD, right? I already knew. Okay. I played to my crowd. I don't think people ever took that. And that used to piss me off. So that's the reason why I went nuts at that concert, bro. And I got my respect. But it goes back to what you're saying. Know your crowd, right? 
So so that that hit home to me when you said you have to play to your crowd. You know what I mean? I mean that that's what it was because for me when I when I started DJing and I started getting money behind it, it was different because I'm an old school raver. I'm a I'm a I'm a househead. Right. Right. And you know, it's a different thing going to a house club than going to a hip hop club. Oh yeah. Right? It's a different type of vibe and you got to be able to see what people like and what people don't like. Right? And you know, you could play a classic song and spin it off into some hip hop. Oh yeah. Right? Like I I just recently did a did a uh, a a birthday party with the Belltown Council. And Peg, when I tell you I had senior citizens at this party standing up and nodding their head and dancing, you know, uh, was incredible to me. But like, I don't think anybody in there at that party was under the age of 40. <laughs> Damn. Right? But I'm playing for grandma and grandpa. Right. Right. I'm playing. I'm playing the music. I, I'm I'm able to take a temptation song and still turn around and play a Missy Elliott song. Bong. That's difficult. Oh, yeah. Right. That's difficult. That's that's something else that I've learned from DJs from out here like Blendiana Jones. Shout out to Topspin. He thinks about things. That I wouldn't. Right. Um, he got hot new Afrobeat mix. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, f- I fucks with him. I've heard it. <laughs> I fucks like, with it. it. It's crazy to think about some of the some of the things. Like I, I feel like Topspin is kind of like a ninth wonder, right? Where he's he's a DJ and a producer, but the thing that he thinks of, not a lot of not a lot of people think of, and- right? When when I say cats like Ninth Wonder and 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 Mark the Forty Five King, man. They're, they're cats that are out there that are eclectic DJs, and you got to respect the craft. Everybody claims to be a DJ until you put two Technique 1200s in front of them and tell them to rock a party. And I can, for the record, I can rock two 12 inches. You know I what know, I mean? Peg. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what's funny? I'm seeing you do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this, and then, and then we're going to move on. But I got to say this. I remember you came to me one day. I'm gonna see if you remember this. You was like, "Where are you from, bro?" I said, "I'm born and raised in Seattle." You was like, "I know like, you're not." <laughs> he said, "I swear you was from the East Coast, man." You know what yeah. I mean? But right. but uh, what made me who I am was the DJs that I DJ with were all dope ass DJs. Like uh, we we used to have a crew, and so we had my man Dice, my man Razor. Uh, I believe uh, Risk One used to come down there. DV One, you know, DJ Scene. These are yeah. these are all the guys I DJ with. And what's crazy is you had to be that level, right? And at the time, yeah. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I was probably the weak link in the crew at the time. You know what I mean? And then I just had to practice, 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 and practice. And then at one point in time, man, I started to develop my own style, and that's when I became who I am now. Because I realized, okay, that's that's the way Dice DJs, that's the way Scene DJs, that's the way, you know, Razor DJs. But let right. me do what I do. And once I developed my own style, it was a wrap, bro. It was over. 
You know what I'm saying? Because then I realized that the reason why somebody like you because you might be slightly different or you do things slightly the same. Because the one thing about me, and I'll brag about all day long, I'm cocky about, when it comes to my transitions, I'm fucking nasty, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. You're seamless. I, I know I'm pretty much seamless. Right. You know what I mean? Definitely. Okay, look, bro, because we, we could talk to the sun come up, and we got to get through this podcast, so I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a hit you with the last question before the last question. Did that make sense? Let me hit you with the last question. There are two questions left. Oh, okay, okay, man. You smart guy. All right, here we go. It is now time for the fishbowl question. question. What you want to ask me, man? On the Fresh Out the Northwest podcast. All right, this is the fishbowl question. So I'm going to reach it to this fishbowl, and I'm going to pull out a question. I don't know what's it going to be. It's random as hell, but this is how I've been doing it for the last question. So here we go. Let me reach into this fishbowl. Oh, this question's right up your alley, bro. This is the perfect question for you. Are you ready? Okay, come on, come on. What song made you fall in love with hip-hop? Oh, wow. I know my song. I want to know what yours is. Take heeds to the words that I manifest. I manifest. Oh, by Gangstar. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Come on, man. Yes. And this is why. You see why I'm a premiere guy, right? Right. Um, I saw the video. I heard the song. I got into it. Um, and that really made me want to listen to because like as a kid growing up I always used to I had the opportunity to to listen to uh Kiss FM and Hot 97 and WBLS right these are all A-list uh hip-hop stations in New York right and I had that opportunity um Chuck Chill Out and all these DJs but that song right there yeah mm. Especially the scratching on that song. Like, Premiere was nasty. You know, and it's like, you, when you play a Jay-Z record, you know that you can scratch on the, on this record, right? right? Because it's made for scratching, right. right? When you get good, you'll be able to know, like, I know when Flex is bringing in a Jay-Z record, because I, I know the scratchings. Right. Yeah, you already you know? know. Yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah. look, this is the song that made me fall in love with hip hop. I know, I know, I asked you, but I just got to chime in. When I first heard "Sucker MCs" by Run DMC, and you, and what people don't know, here's what people don't know: that's actually the B side. That's not the A side. That's the B side of the 12 inch. Right. You know what I'm saying? But when I heard two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhymes. It was over. It was a rap. That just rhymes that I'm about to say. The rhymes were definitely. And it went this way. way. Come on, man. <laughs> Took a test to become an MC. Like, bro, that, that was it. I heard rap before then, but I never heard it like that. When I heard that, it was, it was over. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, bro. We're going to get to the very last question. And so I hope you can answer this one. This this might be kind of tough for you. You ready? Yeah. How can people find you on social media? Oh! anything. <laughs> okay, listen, y'all. If you're looking to find out any information about me, 
All you got to do is go one place, dreamteampromotions.com. And I'm going to repeat it, dreamteampromotions.com. You can go straight to my website. I got event pages. I've got my bio up there. I've got links to uh, SoundCloud, to my Twitter, to my new uh, Facebook page. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's all business. Uh, you could go to my Beat Star page where you can hear my music. And if you want to buy some of my tracks, you can do that as well. Or lease them. It's whatever you want to do, you know. Um, but just yeah, just go to dreamteampromotions.com and you're good to go from there, man. All right. One other thing I want to add too, man. Uh, if you need promotion, street team promotions, now I'm not talking about digital. But if you need somebody to pass out your stickers and your flyers, man, hit my man DJ Sleepy up, man. That's my go-to guy. You know what I mean? Word. Yeah. That's facts. Yeah, and you're going to get what you pay for. He ain't cheap, and he ain't expensive either. So I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I, I work with people. You know, I work with people. I understand, you know, some people is out there. Uh, shout out to Petty Picture Records, Rob Ross. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, 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 I work with people, man. I'm, I'm here, and I'm blessed to be able to, you know, turn 50 on the 50th year of hip-hop being alive and well, you know? And here's the thing, man. It's each one teach one, man. And if we could just be accountable and responsible for our own actions and what we do and make sure as one hand washes the other, two hands wash the face, we'll go a lot further, man. I'm rocking with you, Seattle, man. I love y'all. And man, you already know, man. We we could talk to the sun go down, man. We're friends, so this was more like a conversation than guy. it was an interview, man. You know what I mean? Until next time, peace. Peace, respect, man. Once again, thanks for listening to the Fresh Out the Northwest podcast. It's all about representing Northwest hip hop culture. All episodes are available on Apple, Spotify, and major streaming platforms. I truly appreciate everyone that supports the podcast, and I'm going to keep hitting you with new episodes every week. Until next time, peace.